Hello and welcome to Book Shambles, producer Trent here. This week's episode is a bit of a shorter episode. It was meant to be part of a two-guest episode in a couple of weeks' time, but the episode that was meant to go out today, uh, we didn't end up getting recorded. There was a bit of a mix-up with a few different people with some time zones, such is the way we have to record these shows now. So rather than just not have an episode this week, we thought we'd pop this one out now, which was actually recorded a couple of months ago back in the studio. Robin chatting to the comedian and marathon runner Paul Tonkinson about his book, All About Running. So we hope you enjoy that. Uh, Remember to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash bookshambles. Your support on there really does mean the world to us and means we can keep making all the stuff that we do at Cosmic Shambles especially at the moment when none of us have any live work at all. So here is this week's episode, a little bit shorter than normal, but we hope you enjoy. We'll be back next week with a full and normal episode of Book Shambles. Um, hello, welcome to Josie and Robbie's Book Shambles. Josie is still on tour, so it's just me. But just you, every now and again, uh, just imagine that Josie's in the room. Um, joined by uh, Paul Tonkinson, uh, comedian, nice, nice broadcaster, author. Um, but a few anyway, things. Pod, pod, the odd podcast. Podcast, yes. Podcast, the, yeah. um, <laughs> now, your, your new book, which is your first book, in fact, it's isn't it? It's my first book, but then yeah. I'm only 50. Written. I'm only 50. Why rush these things? You know? It's Why so annoying, it? isn't it, when you yeah. find out that Gra- Granta's <laughs> young novelists end at 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finally, and, I got a book out, yeah. But this is um, it's beautifully written, and it's on a subject which is, well, it's about running. It's about the mm. build-up to marathon. It's about, as you build towards a marathon, it's the circuitous routes as well that you explain yes. different things about yeah. how you approach running and mm. and then when it came back to be part of your life. Yeah, it's kind of three... I mean, it's sort of... The way I looked at it was... Uh, I structured it around three strands because I love running. I've done a lot of writing about running and talking, thinking about running. I've read a lot of running literature. I like I like books. I'm a bit like I'm, I'm bookish. I'm not I'm not like you in terms of buying loads of science books and horror stuff, but I buy books constantly. I'm a, you know, I I, I, I love literature, so I wanted to make it decent, as decent as I could. Um, and the, th- the the three strands of it was uh, the race itself. It's my attempt to beat three hours for the marathon. Um, which is like a kind of every man's four-minute mile sort of thing. It's achievable, but it's difficult. It means that club runners respect you. It's quite a sort of nebulous concept, but it exists. It's it's difficult. Um, but if I can do it, a lot of people can, and a lot of people do. Do you know? <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm elite by any sense. It means I'm an okay runner. So it's the it's the it's the um, the present running the racing of the race. That's a narrative drive. And then there's the three or four months before the race preparing to be that fit, the journey of the training, the kind of surrender to uh, my inner extremist, you know, to, and the simplicity of that, the, the, the joy of that. Um, and then it spins off from there to like childhood and this kind of exploration of why people run, what motivates them. And hopefully by then the three strands kind of come together a little bit. That was the idea anyway. Well, you're, so kind of... Because yeah. you're running still, I mean, you you see, you know, you, you were a, a pretty vicious school, a very tough, you know, some of the, yeah. you have some little bits of the kind of, you know, how you would end up various people having their heads beaten against those ancient metal radiators <laughs> and awful, that kind of stuff. Awful. Um, Just your classic northern state. Yeah, really. really yeah, yeah, the, yeah, every yeah, now yeah. and again, I think. And, and I think the part of Paul will be played by young Tom Courtney. Um, <laughs> but it is, that moment where it does feel like a Damascene moment when you just start, you go for that run, yes, and yeah, you yeah. just keep running, yes, and you have yeah, no yeah. sense, and, and and you're, you know, and, and it's getting dark. That that 
realization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a sense of like I used to run at school. Um, I used to run my paper around. I used to cycle to school. It was a life of sort of motion, really. I was a very fit youth, and I think when you're young, you're setting, you set. In, in motion patterns of life that, that continue to a greater or lesser degree throughout life, really. Um, but the notion that I could just strap up and go for a run was, was, a, was a kind of new thing. It was something I could take on myself and didn't have to be, um, you know, forced on by anyone else. And I went for a run around the Marine Drive in Scarborough, which is a lovely, flat, beautiful stretch of tarmac. Um, you get quite into stretches of tarmac when you run. <laughs> and, uh, and I just ran, and it felt very... Uh, freeing emotionally i mean it was as much about school as about my home life as well which i'll talk about a little bit in the book not not in great detail but um there was there was things going on at home that were a little bit uh confrontational my, my dad remarried and my uh, my mother-in-law i couldn't really talk about it too much for legal reasons actually she was she was quite hands-on you know she was quite it was it was it was violent i had a lot of violence um so it was a way to escape that as well. Do you know what I mean? It was an activity that made that made me. Uh, it gave me some peace, you know, um, and it made me feel good. I mean, people run to feel good, but the secondary thing is they get physically fitter. But essentially, they run to feel good. Ninety five percent of people run to feel mentally better, and and I found it when I was young, and then it's and then it's it's kind of persisted with me, and it's something I could do and got a lot of pleasure out of, you know. So where does your mind? go now i mean you you talk about the fact that the the halfway point of a marathon mm. is actually 20 miles That's yes the, yes and when i was trying to there's various like i mean you talk about things like sophie rayworth being put in, bundled into an ambulance yeah. after 16 <laughs> yeah, miles yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's dehydrated and she's bleeding and, and, yeah. and then, then once once when she's been rehydrated and patched up she goes well i better finish the marathon yeah right? no, no, now, she's incredible yes as someone yeah. who's not Though I do like, it's, it's one of those weird things because I was never athletic in any way whatsoever and mm. I carry that very clearly uh, with me at all time. But when I was touring with Brian Cox last year and, and in fact every time I go on tour, we every single day we do like an hour and a half exercise and That's we do amazing. weights and we do That's box great. and all that. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. And the reason yeah. that I never did it before was because at school... Mm. I, I never thought I could. Right, and that's I think such a so shame. Many that that's thing. awful, isn't it? It's awful, that, isn't it? And I wonder, how, in terms of that, the change in you, when, when you stop running for a while, when you, you know, you yeah. come, you've become involved in the, you know, the whole the stand-up comedy world. Yeah, I, I mean, I, the... I, I, was the, I was the kid at school who liked cross-country. I was a kind of Forrest Gump-esque kid at the front, sort of arms and legs scuttling away, and I loved it. And then I got to... Uh, and then I got, got to Manchester University, and my life got... Um, got better and more fun and running faded do you know what I mean and I found comedy and kind of and I defined myself through, through different I didn't really need I didn't I don't know I just just didn't really need it I gave everything I'd previously defined myself a little bit through athletic performance and quite high achieving quite driven stuff I was I was I was fast I was county level um and then I went to university and you know what comedy's like you kind of it needs it needs a an enormous effort of will to make any yeah. imprint on that industry because um, it's very competitive. It's getting ever more ever more competitive now. I feel sorry for the people arriving into it now, but even when we broke into it, I realised that if I was going to make any uh, effect on this, I was going to have to give it everything yeah. that I had. So I kind of just went ex from, from running to stand up and I gave it I gave it a lot but there's also like you know I was no angel I used to go raving in Manchester loads there's a lot, there's a lot of drugs around and hacienda and all that which, and I participated in those uh, events fulsomely uh, and I, you used to I really enjoyed them you recreate know. those frequently on the you know on the stage yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember one particular what was it New, New Cross the Amersham Arms many many years right, ago okay, yeah. I remember watching your set there and, right. and that whole thing of you recreating the, the energy of the hacienda 
agenda. It was a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. It was like almost that's if you haven't got your running. Yeah. Then uh, that moment you're on stage, you go right everything because i find that doing shows mm, once mm. you get out there think right no i'm there's there's uh, no one's going to say even if they hate the show they're yeah. not going to say didn't put the effort in yeah that's great uh, and, and also there's something about time about performance i don't know how you feel but when i perform it feels like um you're existing in a slightly different level of time to other, it's almost like time stolen or something it's like time added on at the end of life i don't know what it is but you're in a, you're in a heightened sense of awareness you live three four seconds in the future um and there's something, it's something very nutritious and draining, but sort of otherworldly about it. And I get that a little bit with running as well. I run for an hour. I feel differently after being for an hour run. Um, and you're never quite the same person at the end as when you started. So there's similar transportive sort of elements to both activities. Um, but yeah, stand up took, took you know took everything and television and stuff and kids. And then I started running again in my mid thirties more seriously when I kind of. I just sort of, I just, I just felt the urge. I'd, I'd run sporadically. I'd run the odd event and stuff and keyed into it. But then I kind of, Rob Deering dragged me back into it, actually. Bless him. Because Rob, Rob, Rob's a very funny man. And he he discovered it himself. And I started running with him a bit. And he kind of just sort of teased me back in. He'd meet me on a Monday morning by the Parkland Way um, in North London. And I'd normally be hung over after a Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon drinking session. Um and we just run through the woods, and I've just found it very sort of healing and gentle and good fun. And he kind of teased me back into it. For I'll be forever grateful, you know. But where does your so the difference in where your mind is mm. when you're running with Rob, mm. and so you're, you're running with a friend, and then yeah. when you're either running on your own or indeed running, I presume when you're running a marathon, even mm. that you're still running on your own more than yes. I, I mean, when when you're racing like a marathon and try to achieve a certain time. Um, you're really not thinking very much, actually. Um, you're just thinking about running as fast as possible, and you tr- and it's, it's more sort of pain management, really. It's it's uh, you're just trying to experience pain that, that without fighting it, kind of thing. Just accepting it, but working through it. It's that kind of feel bad, run faster thing. It's quite sort of it's masochistic, but there's a sp- some sort of vague spiritual element to it as well. That idea of accepting suffering, um, and you can break you you can break through it. But when I'm running on my own, I'm just thinking about all kinds of things. And after 35 minutes, if you're fit enough to enjoy running to that level to get to that point without being tired, your mind just opens out and just, it just gets very very pleasurable you think you can run for it forever you know and then on 70 minutes you're tired you're tired yeah. again but there's a nice sweet spot you know so in what about creatively in terms of you know do you find yourself if you're working if you're you know writing a new show or you write mm. for other people over is is there any say you have a week where you actually don't go running would you look at your notebook and go oh at the same time this is is there any correlation yeah there's bits i mean i I just feel i function best when i do run i mean Mm. it's like there's there's an addictive nature to it if i don't run i definitely get a bit i just feel a bit slothful and sort of i feel a bit overweight not that i am just cycle more psychologically i just feel a bit more ponderous um and running can help creatively. I don't set out with that intention. Mm. I don't think, although some people do, they, they think they think of a problem before they set out and then they work through it while they run. But things, thoughts come to me whilst I run. I don't run with a pen and paper. I don't run listening to music. I like that time on my own. I like to I like to be just running through the woods on my own. I, I'm, I'm very, very happy with that. I love it. Um, and then I get back and I will get the odd good idea and I'll come back and, and scribble it down, you know. So it's not, yeah, there's no great kind of, 
I was I was seeing you there basically jogging around Darwin's gravel thought path downhouse, <laughs> no, coming up no, with new theories of no, evolution. No, 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 uh, not, it's not as developed as that. I might find, you know, you know the level I'm on. I might find the odd quirky observation about family life popping into, popping into my head at the 45-minute mark. Um, and, of course, I write a running column for Runner's World every month, so I'm constantly sort of feeding into that. And it changes as you get older. I mean, that, that I, I beat three hours for the marathon three years ago. I'm not the same runner now. I'm, I'm older. I'm starting to things things are going wrong. I'm falling apart. So I'm charting that as well. There's comedy. There's comedy in that and life in that. Um, so yeah, you're you're always changing and running reflects that. So yeah. You talk a bit in in the uh, chapter about mantras. You also right. say you're one of these people who certain kind of luddite quality where yeah. you refuse to take on anything that's new. So so that you held. You say you know not in the mid 1990s. What's wrong with us? Stamp and an envelope, oh, no, I, and it, you know all of that kind of. I remember having fevered <laughs> arguments with like hip San Franciscans saying that email wouldn't catch on. <laughs> it's pathetic. It's pathetic. God knows what I was thinking. Um, yeah, I was just thought people like to receive a letter. You know, I mean, they obviously do like to receive a letter, but let's face it, I'm, I'm using emails. Um, and similarly with driverless cars, I just can't believe people don't like. Dri- I mean, I love driving. I assume everyone else who drives enjoys driving. Do you think they'll catch on the driverless? Car I think thing? it's a very weird thing because mm. I think that we haven't found out that people have got happier if you reduce their amount of purpose. Right. I think generally if you That's look at Western civilization, yeah. if you, you know, it, it's that idea of what you're going to do. Yes. And you have yeah. to fill it at the very least with a pretense of busyness. And yes, I think there's yeah, something yeah. talking about, we had Claudia Hammond on, talking right. about her Art of Rest book um, the other week. Right. And it's that thing where we've managed to turn things that are technically meant to be leisure mm. into work. Right. So okay. social media and things yes. like that. That's yeah, yeah, work yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. work. No, and you found you found yeah. yeah. So there's not. It's not as if you then go. Oh, do you know what? If I'm not driving, that'll free up two hours, and I'm yes. doing all those those bits of work. Yes. And then there'll be a new. There'll be two hours just to look at the sunset. That doesn't happen, does it? No, we have no, to no, keep no. descending we'll into busyness. We'll fill it, and also that busyness. I mean, if you take social media, it's unsustaining, isn't it? It doesn't. It doesn't make us feel better. It kind of. It's it's a habit that you succumb to, isn't it? I mean, I try. I mean, I know you're you're on social media a little bit. I I'm, I'm, I I can t- tend to scroll endlessly. It's it's like ingesting chaos, isn't it? The whole mm. thing. It's not something about it's not right, is it? Not it's not quite working. Um, well, it's a lack of event, but you still you know you might just go. I bet just check again in case yeah. nothing's happened. <laughs> Oh, nothing's happened with and various, and so they're all tiny pinpricks of of melodrama yes. that would never make it to the final script. Yes. If you were editing it down yes. afterwards, your your life, yeah. you'd go, "Well, that's fucking wasted time, isn't it? I'm not going to put that yeah, bit." Yeah, you in. wonder how long it can sustain itself. I mean, I remember when Twitter started, and I was hosting a show on XFM uh, London. And and the initial thing when you key on it, it says, "What is happening? Twitter? What what is happening now, or whatever." And it was really celebrational. It was people popping up around the world. And like it was literally, you could look on a map then. It was so early. And you could just see when people were on Twitter, there may be about 250 people at any one time, you know, really early days. And it would be like, I'm on the beach in Indonesia looking at the dawn. Isn't it great? And then I've just been shopping in Australia, you know, just around the world. And it felt so joyous and celebrational and truly participatory and sharing. And then obviously someone came in with an opinion yeah. <laughs> or it started slagging someone. Oh, it's all right for you being on the beach in Indonesia. Or, 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 I don't know yeah. what it was. And it, it, it just dropped that little sort of black ink into the clear waters and it's been muddied ever since. But uh, who From knows? The first hashtag first world problems. <laughs> it's all yeah. falling but that, apart. But that was a journey that I've been on with running where I, as I get older, I, I wanted activities that have intrinsic values in themselves, you know, so I try and gig not, ne- not necessarily for money now, but if the room's nice, I'm re- I just need a good room and I'll gig. And like running, 
it has value in itself for me, you know. So I like to, I just like to do it on that very simple level, you know. What's it? I mean, the book's only been out for about a week, isn't it? It's not, it's not been, quite a week. It's been out a week, yeah. It's yeah. Out February the same, um, yeah. And what did you give it to any other runners, any friends of runners? To, I mean, I presume, did Rob have a little look and stuff? Because it's it's a very complete kind of look. You know, when it starts off and when you've got all this, as mentioning before we start recording, you know, the, the baby butter, which is a thing I knew nothing of. And suddenly, as, yeah. as you talk about <laughs> the different ways that people prepare themselves, Baby's some of them, butter. they don't care one bit. They're yeah. just, their hands are straight down their crotch, slathering yeah. all around. <laughs> yeah. Other people, it's behind us. <laughs> screen you know and you talk about all those people in yeah. another corner dressed as vegetables like some kind of you know mobile allotment yes and, and... yeah 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 it, I, I, the first um yeah the, the opening chapter was just trying to set the scene of the day of the marathon and that kind of carnival um nature of it you know just the, and, and the earthiness as well people people bathing their genitals in vaseline or applying various baby bottom pieces of baby bottom butter around their person and that with the celebrity culture as well, and that kind of neurotic celebrity culture, because it's a very earthy experience running a marathon, which is why people like it as well. And but he was trying to get that that mass event. I don't know if you've read uh, Don DeLillo's Underworld, um, but it's a it, it's a book about a lot of things. But the first chapter is a description of a baseball game, um, and it's just a fa- an amazing first chapter uh, of a book. And I kind of wanted to obviously no one knows this, but I was trying to get that <laughs> I was trying to get that angle a little bit. It was hilarious because the guy who commissioned it, um, I came up with a synopsis and I, I, I gave him the chapter about me and Michael McIntyre going to the Mayor Clinic and losing weight and it was all quite light and frothy and stuff. And I'm sure when he commissioned it, he thought he was getting some kind of celebrity memoir with a few... And I just <laughs> it's become some kind of psychodrama. He didn't know what he was uh, igniting with the commission. Um, so, yeah, the first chapter's about that, really, about this, this mass gathering of people to run the marathons, an ever-growing phenomena. I mean, I was at the National Running Show um, last weekend, and more and more people are starting to getting into running. It's incredible. The, the growth in it is absolutely... It, it's incredible. It's well, really we all know we're going to have to be running away from something soon. It's, well, you know, you we're, we're reaching a new dystopia. <laughs> yeah, so, it feels you know, like It feels... It, oh, I don't know whether there's elements of that, actually. I don't know, but there's certain... It feels that for some people, the idea of the future is just people running constantly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just ever running. So well, that, uh, that's what I wondered about so when I was reading about it. Is it's because running is the one of of the exercises that you know doing on tour. I hate running. Right, in fact, that's right. I, you I, you I do think, weights, don't you? Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, think which I is feel great, it's because I'm overly conscious of my body and everything okay. just seems to be moving and jiggling around, mm. and I don't like, and I I can't lose that thing. Right. But then I started thinking, what is it in terms of like from the terms of, you know, so many things that are leisure activities that we, we have to do mm. must come from something that was required. Right. So that thing, whatever the drive is to run, mm. even though now it's running from A to B or even A to A and there's no right. it's not about, you know, is again return to like Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. It's about a journey to a place to find a thing and then realizing it's not there and coming back. Yes. And yeah. it's so it, it's whatever it's giving us from an evolution mm. perspective, which is now for fun and yes, joy, yeah, came from something else. Well, yeah, it's that, I think it, I think it's the idea that we used to run animals down, isn't it? That we yeah. sort of bipedal, uh, bi- bipedal, mm. uh, bipedal, and uh, and we just used to run and run and run. We have that endurance, and that that was where it came. We're obviously built to run. I mean, we, we, we're leading lazy lives now, and we sit down too much, etc. But you know, you've got people running um, hundreds and hundreds of miles. I mean, that's the thing about running; it gets very addictive, and. Um, the idea is if you enjoy running, why not just run forever? So I, I, I was meeting these ultra runners. There's this woman called Camille Heron, and she's amazing because at, at, at the top end of ultra running experiences, the women are uh, 
on, the very best women are on a par with the very best men. It's not like that any other distance, but the longer it goes, the more parity happens. Mm. Um, and she's the most relaxed person you could ever hope to meet. She's completely chilled out, you know, because when you run a marathon, when you go for a 40-minute run, you feel a little bubble of well-being. When you run a marathon, it's deeper. You just feel like you're in it for like a week or something. But obviously when you run long, these people live in it. I mean, she's running hundreds of miles a day really slowly, but just running and running. So she sleeps in like five, ten-minute bursts, then wakes up and starts running again. So it's this kind of zen-like enlightenment that they reach, you know. And the ultra runners all have it. They all talk about, you know, the beyond self-consciousness and egolessness and all this kind of thing. So, uh, And it's fascinating to talk to them. They're, they really are amazing people. And So I've lost my point there. But it, but it's that kind of meditative quality that it has if you get fit enough, do you know what I mean? The, and you get a glimpse of it in the you know, in the couch to 5K, do you know I mean? Mm. You, you get a little glimpse, you know. Um, and I would say that uh, it gives people um, a direct relationship between effort and reward, which I'll talk a, a little bit about in the book, because a lot, like we talked about social media or people at work or in their lives, there's a, there's a lot of nebulous things that mean whether things will succeed or not. There's a lot mm. of things out of your control, you know, or metrics that you're being uh, judged on that seem out of your control. Or you might not even understand KPIs or algorithms or this or that. And running's very simple, isn't it? If you run for four miles one day, you'll be a little bit fitter the next day. It's it's just it's a very simple relationship to it. And, and that, that can be addictive as well. So that that moment after you've you've finished the marathon mm. and you're now allowed to drink that third bottle of red wine yeah. on the Sunday party because <laughs> yeah. wine wine figures quite a lot. Wine and, figures you know, the, the, There are it. moments, you know, that probably the I, I suppose the nearest to a truly biblical moment is the uh, all in holiday in Cuba, yeah. where you yes, know, yes, think, yeah, oh the, my God, I hadn't read it's all in the realization. Yes, and, and there there there's something. you know all of these these magnificent tiramisu's and bottles yeah. of wine and <laughs> yeah, 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 Russian yeah. waiters coming in. Yeah. You know, lunchtime going here's some small bottles of. And the guy having a heart attack in the lobby yeah. upon arrival. Yeah, uh, bless him. He, he he managed to survive. Yeah, there's all these. It's it was the, the three months before was to try and of try to rid myself of these temptations. I like a drink. I drink a lot, mostly on a Sunday when I've finished gigging. Our, our, our weeks become different, don't they, comedians? Um, and it was that an embrace for a couple of months of moderation is quite difficult really when you think about it isn't it it's just everything in moderation is actually quite an extreme position to take isn't yeah. it in itself um so for for me for a few months to say i'm just going to go all in for this experience and just to feel that kind of um bonding of your you know subconscious mind and your conscious mind for a while however fleetingly for a few months um uh, was very very pleasurable once it was like existing beyond doubt because often in life i'm full of doubt and i'll have the chocolate biscuits i'll have the i'll have the wine but i'll go for a run as well and i'm kind of getting not quite getting the best out of each experience it's mm. a big mishmash you know but just for a few months to say i'm not having it and i'm going to eat the best i can and live and, and, and just to be as fast as i can w w was really enjoyable yeah yeah, and you good. also found out gluten-free Jaffa cakes are not a yeah they're uh, awful they're, 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 yeah. they're, they're not an option they invalidate themselves they're there themselves. with vegan cheese yeah, there is a certain like, level of technology <laughs> we, we see the wonders of science yes, we see yeah. the advance towards Mars the driverless car yeah, yeah. and yet the gluten-free Jaffa it's cake still, and the vegan still cheese unedible. it was like ingesting sawdust it was a very dispiriting experience <laughs> yeah. you you talk about being a, an avid reader and I do think it's, it's a really well written I mean I always, I always think the problem for anyone who's a comedian who writes a book is exactly what you were saying about the editor or the publisher mm. which is oh it'll just be a fun kind of frivolous yes. book that's been dashed off and I yes, think of course yeah, a lot yeah. of especially from from what you know whatever now it is in terms of circuits but what used to be considered to be our circuit was mm. very much about writing your own material and so 
yeah. lots of people want, wanted to be writers in the first place, even if it was just things come out of their own mouth. Yes, yeah, 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 that's fair enough. Who that's did cool. you, I mean, in terms of the influences, you mentioned things like Don DeVille, but mm. when you were writing it, did you find every now and again you just read a novel that you'd loved and then you'd look at that chapter and you'd go, oh, I've just realised why these adjectives are being placed here and these sentences a, are this? A, a, a little bit. I mean, I think I'm influenced by, you know, all, all the books I've read and a lot of it you, you're aware of where you try to place it within within running literature as well and there's a book by uh, Murray Kami a famous one what I talk about when I talk about running that's very meditative and deep and sort of intellectual end of it and then you've got books by people like Vassos Alexander who, who works for Chris Evans on Radio 2 is a massive runner and his is very chatty and accessible and I think I'm somewhere in the middle mm. um, but I think the, the big thing I learned about writing through the process of doing it um, was read you, what you've just written while you're writing it because I realised when I did the audio book there were some bits that were great and there were some bits that were like this is this is a bit a bit overwritten or whatever do you know what I mean that was, that was quite a sobering experience actually I love doing it and I'll stand by the book I think there's bits that are great and I, I think overall it holds but for my next book did, have you found that? Did you have oh, you done yeah, audio books? Yeah, yeah. You just th- realise where the excess is, don't you? Well, the the the, the guy who was producing the audio book of mine, every now and again, he went. I can tell the bits where you lost an argument with your editor. <laughs> he said because I, I'll be there reading it, and then let's see how. And then, of course, as Tommy Cooper said, but then again, if we look at me, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. can you yeah. liven that up a little bit? Mm, I didn't want to put this bit in, and yeah. I think you're right as well. Mm. There are those bits where. I, I definitely think there's there's that great line from from Woody Allen about why he doesn't go and watch his own films. He says because it's like a chef when you when you're eating the soup that you've made, all you can taste is too much parsley. Yes, yeah, and yeah, no yeah, one else yeah. knows there's too much parsley. Yeah, no so, one else. In so the let's, same not, way, let's not tell them. Yeah, so the, the, let's, let's not tell there's them, no yeah. reason. You know, when I there's nothing in 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 your book which I would go, oh, I see where he hit that yes. wall there or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I certainly Dallas Campbell, um, who wrote an excellent book about um, astronauts, he his trick is to uh, do the Audible book before it gets sent off to... That's a uh, that's a really, and I think you're right. That, that's a really good it's, idea. It's, yeah. it's, you just realise when you're trying to, like like the first chapter, um, it's the first book I've ever written. And, uh, and I got carried away a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think the book gets better the longer it goes on. I think the first chapter's fine, and I made sure it wasn't too excessive, but it's like... You, it's like it's a bit like running, really. You get in zones, don't you? You get in zones where this is really working, you fit, and you're not really trying to add. I'm not saying the characters inhabit them. It's not like that because it's not a work of fiction. But do you know what I mean? The way you're just not trying too hard, you know, not trying to be clever, not trying to impress people. Um, I you almost th- don't observe the sentences. I think there is yeah, that thing bit, where yeah. there's a little bit where you're suddenly just typing away, typing away, mm. and then you go, "Oh man, that's two thousand words." Yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. you hit that point. That perhaps it is the twenty mile point of typing, you're right. where you go, oh, and then you notice that whatever the next connection is is clunky and yes. rubbish. Yeah, 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 yeah. I read an interview with uh, Sadie Smith, and she was saying that. When, when they go and do uh, readings at literary festivals, uh, like with other authors, they're just there backstage with red pens, just, just crossing loads of stuff out because they're about to read it and they realise what's necessary and what isn't. But your books seem a little bit more... I read, I read your, your recent book and I really enjoyed it. I, re- I really enjoyed it. It was Thank fascinating. You. You're a bit more discursive, aren't you? You're a bit more... I don't know whether it's intentionally chaotic or just the way your mind works. No, but do you know what? how chaotic the first draft was? That's, right. that's the nearest I've ever managed to get to order. Right. Okay. And the next one, I'm I'm aiming to get even more order. That's that's an interesting. So I'm going through that period of the universe. You know, the entropy has begun. Okay. And now I'm just trying to get a bit of shape before the entropy continues, and then I'll. I I, I think I'm actually going in a different direction because I think I think that's your strength. I think you're. 
interested people are interesting and you're interested in a lot of things and it's hard to shape it's hard to control in many ways your mind spins off but say with that book I did a very detailed chapter breakdown I knew exactly what Mm. I wanted and there's there's a bit more room do you know what I mean maybe I'm going in the different direction I'm like I like I like my order but I don't know that's because like I've been working on the circuit for years. I'm still on it. And you, yeah. you can't mess about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all about economy. It's all about Maybe that's p- being the problem punchy. is that I've got to that it's thing where, where people it's... go, um, oh, it's fine. Just mess about for two hours. No, you know, but, yeah, but, that but, but it's fantastic. Little, but no, it's brilliant but though, I, isn't it? I, I love the book. And I think, you know, as someone, that's the thing which I hope, and I, I'm sure it's happening already, that you don't have to have any initial interest in running whatsoever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I often find that the certain books so. that I I've picked up like I remember years ago, a friend of mine said, you must read Tony Parker's book about people who live in lighthouses. Okay. And I was like, I don't, that doesn't sound... And then I just sat there and in one train journey read a whole book course, about yeah. uh, people who live in lighthouses. Yes. And it was br- And that thing where, in the same like sporting autobiographies, mm. I don't watch any sport, mm. pretty much. Yes. But I've read quite a few, you know, whether yes. it's John Arlott or Jimmy White or whatever it might be. Yes. And I know, yeah, you know yeah, some yeah. of them are ghostwritten and some of them aren't. But if a world is interesting, it doesn't matter that... Of course, and, yeah. and also, to, and also, that book about lighthouses isn't just about lighthouses. It's his perspective. It's his filter, yeah. isn't it? That, that book about, oh, sorry, my book about the marathons about a journey through life and acceptance and dealing with the past and ways of dealing with experience and stuff. And the the marathons like a metaphor for that. I mean, my wife read it recently. She said, oh, "I really like the book. Um, I skipped the running bits." I was like, I was like, but that was the main motor of the book. No, but I just enjoyed the Cuba thing. There's lots of different things going on. I just I enjoyed all that. Just didn't bother with the race. I'm like, that, that was the big motor. So, you know, there's, runners will like it, but I do think it's... Uh, I, th- I think non. I think there's a lot there for non runs. Hopefully, yeah, I so. think it's. An, I, I think it's an interesting That's story, very kind, and I think very the, kind uh, of you to say so. Um, who are you reading at the moment? Um, I'm reading a book that I really don't like. Actually, I'm finding myself. <laughs> I was in New York recently, and I read, and I've just bought loads of books. And one was a book called Fixers about the people behind uh, Trump's presidency, like sort of you know semi-criminal, you know lawyers and porn stars, etc. Kind of a, a trashy kind of expose on him that you could only get in America. But it's kind of wearing me down. It's sort of interesting, but it's wearing me down because the whole thing's a bit toxic. So yeah. But I'm very bad at giving up on books. I don't oh, know what I've started. instantaneously. Do you really? I'm, yeah. I well, should, not instantaneously. I I go, with a novel, I, I will go at least 100 pages because I think okay. very often the first 50 pages, for some reason, my flippity gibbet mind is not. And then suddenly when I get attached to it, Right. I go, oh, I'm glad. Okay. With non-fiction. Like, I can read that now because I've kind of... That's the one thing that I'm most getting rid of now is right. books about politics and books about... Oh, that's interesting. I'd think, oh, read about how we ended up here in the first place something, and something read different. about, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. people's individual stories. But that one where you just go, oh, as you said, more yeah, toxicity. It, 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 it more. just wears you down. I, I read that Fleischman's in Trouble, that, that, that novel recently, which is a great novel. I'm, try, I'm trying to segue into... Because ultimately, I'd like to write comic fiction, really. Yeah. I'd, li- I'd love to write comic fiction. So it's kind of hopefully that's part of the journey towards it. And we talk about another book, which will be a bridge to that. So, yeah, you're right, though. You've got to look after your mind, haven't you? you everything's yeah. it's all material. It's all food for you, for your mind. You've got to look at what you're ingesting. But I'm halfway through this book, which is simultaneously fascinating, but really dragging me down. So I had a help. couple really good <laughs> books. I've mentioned it before. There's, there's, there's one... Uh, the the book all about uh, in fact Scarborough crops up quite a lot. The book all about Jimmy Savile hiding in plain sight, which yeah, is I've heard is, that's fantastic. One of my brilliantly reading, reading that. but I had to stop because right. 
the the horror <laughs> of yes. the, yeah, yeah. the number of cover-ups, the length of time, yes. the victims. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just there was another one I've read, which I've mentioned on this before, by, by uh, Andrew uh, Hankinson, who wrote a book about, oh man, I've, I've forgotten his name now, the, the, the guy who uh, went off, uh, Gaza went and took a fishing rod to him. The, oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Raoul the, Moat. Yeah, Raoul Moat, yes. It's yeah. an incredible piece of work. Mm. But I, I did finish it. But at 100 pages, I went, I have to get out of Raoul Moat's mind now because this is <laughs> yeah. not a mind. And, and, yeah. and he's put it together so carefully, taking all of these different yes. bits of answer yeah, machine yeah, yeah, messages yeah. and stuff. It's an incredible piece of work. But there are times when you go, I'm going to leave that now for three days. Yes, you've got to. Because I don't yeah, think you've got to give it that space. I used to, I used to run in the odd race with old, old uh, Savile, and he was loved. He was loved in, in Yorkshire. He was loved around Scarborough. He used to run his events. He used to run all these fun runs. It was a bit dodgy, though, because it was known that he'd get in the car halfway through and then meet you at the end. I mean, you know, we should have known then something wasn't quite right. It's like, it's that hiding in plain sight, isn't it? It's, it was just, he was there, he was there, but but no, nobody called it. Yeah, awful, awful. Yeah, but you're right, you've got to, there comes a time where you want to just read stuff that gives you a bit of a boost, doesn't it? You don't, you, we, we know it's there, we know that the toxicity's there, do, you, do we have to read about it well there's a lovely thing brain pickings which is a really good yeah website. i've got brain pickings it's i've great, got that yeah brain pickings that, that, great, uh, yeah. that i think the other day she put up a, a quote from eb white which was you know it, writing i think the writer has to uplift people yes yeah, and yeah I think absolutely sometimes i think i feel that with stand-up a lot more in the last 10 years than i right. used to That's interesting, which is yeah. like uh, i want people to leave and feel less scared of the world than when yeah, they yeah, came it's in it's kind of like i i i, I was reading an interview with uh about James Corden the other day, and I know a lot of people have a lot of different feelings about James Corden. Um, but he was describing his chat show as a de- he'd called it, a, he conceived of it in his mind as a delivery system for happiness. And I really liked that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I really get that. I mean, hopefully my book is going to inspire and amuse. And when I'm on stage, I want to lift people. That the, the idea of yourself and your work as a delivery system for something, working out what you want to deliver is quite a nice little exercise. And yeah, let's give people a boost, for goodness sake. Yeah, I heard yeah, yeah. there was a Simple Mind song when I got to the final bit. Right. You went into slow-mo freeze frame. Yeah. I was uplifted. It was great. <laughs> good, good. Um, Paul Tonkerton, thank, thank you very much. 26.2 miles to happiness. is uh, It's out right now. Yes, and uh, as I said before, you really don't need any interest in running whatsoever to enjoy uh, the story. It's great. Thanks, Paul. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. Patreon.com slash bookshambles where you can go to support the show. Uh, like, uh, subscribe, rate, five stars, all the things you can do with podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, particularly Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. Thank you very much for doing that. Costs you nothing other than 10 seconds. And let's be honest, if there's one thing we've all got at the moment, it's plenty of time. Probably. I don't know what you're up to. Anyway, we will be back next week with a new episode. Have a good week. Stay safe. Bye. This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. Josie Robbins' book Shambles was produced by Trent Burton of Trunkman Productions.